This episode of the Get Back Coach is brought to you by Odds Crowd. Odds Crowd has fantasy betting and leagues that include over $30,000 in cash prizes when you bet on NFL and college football. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you place fantasy bets, not actual money, against real odds and lines. The most profitable bettors rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And the Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors, free to download. You can group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free. And when you're there, put in referral code BRAN13. That's B-R-A-N-1-3. That'll tell them that I sent you. On this week's episode of the Get Back Coach, we talk about week eight's winners and losers. I give my top 10 in college football and the playoff this week where we look at the best coaching jobs in college football. All that and a lot more. All right, let's get after it. Welcome to another episode of the Get Back Coach, presented by Branded Sports. Uh, I'm your host, Jake Myers. And uh, something not so cool happened yesterday. Yeah, I'm, I'm unwell. I'm very unwell. Um. Yeah, we're going to kick off the episode uh, with Penn State because I I feel like I I need to talk myself through this. So Penn State lost to Illinois in nine overtimes, which the – the whole two-point conversion shootout, I think, is dumb. Well, whether Penn State would have won or lost, I, I think it's dumb. College football has one of the best, or had one of the best overtime rules in history. Everyone starts at the twenty-five, and you keep um, going back and forth, and then after the second overtime, you are forced to go for two. It, it was a good system. And I, because of the Texas A&M LSU game from a couple years ago, where it went into a bunch of different overtimes, it they did away with it. And I've no idea why would you make the sport worse? But anyway, um, yeah. So Penn State loses probably its worst game in twenty some years. This is right up there with uh, Toledo in 2000, if you want to go a a little bit earlier than that. Um, You know, 2004, Iowa, 6-4. The thing is, Iowa was a good team. Um, Toledo, I think, in 2000 was decent. But, man, Illinois, I was going – so I went to this game in person, and 
even on my drive over, I'm thinking, man, this is the first time. It's 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 really funny how college football works because if you're a fan, you can usually go through a schedule and say, you know, man, this looks like a win. This looks like a win. This looks like a win. And even throughout the year, you can say, well, we're, we're probably going to win this game, but if this team does this or if this team can do this, we might have issues. Going into this game, I just felt like there was no way Penn State was going to lose this game. No way. Even with uh, Sean Clifford possibly being hurt, not even playing, I felt like Roberson was going to be all right to play. Penn State would get a little bit on the ground. Uh, Penn State's defense would would stop Illinois and really hold them. But, man, that, that did not happen. Um, offensively, Penn State's offensive line is horrendous. They are terrible. Um, even to the fact where you can't, as a receiver in the pass game, run double moves or anything like that because it's, it's just too much time. Or, or, sorry, Clifford doesn't have enough time. The run blocking is probably some of the worst run blocking I've ever seen at Penn State. Ever. Ever. Um, and don't get me wrong. Penn State is very talented on portions, but their deficiencies really screw them. Um, Sean Clifford was not 100%. Easily not 100%. And then you kind of have to think, you know, should he have been playing? But my take is um, your quarterback's coach, James Franklin, Yurcich, you they they know more than, than, than we do. And if they thought they had a better shot to win with – Clifford not being mobile. Because that's the thing, guys. Sean Clifford wasn't mobile at all. He did not take off and run. Um, scrambled a little bit here and there. But he, in the Iowa game, he as soon as he saw an opening, he was taking off. You know, read one, read two, nothing, I'm going. Illinois, he was just sitting, 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 and just not running. That hurt him. He He's not 100%. This offense goes as Sean Clifford goes. And Clifford just wasn't doing it. He, he he is a vital part of that offense, and he's clearly hurt. And it, it just killed that offense. Defensively, they gave up 362 yards on the ground. Now, that's bad. But again, how does this happen? Did it, did Penn State's offense just forget? No. Penn State has lost three projected starters on the defensive line since camp. They lost P.J. Mustafer, their leader, um, the main run stopper against Iowa. Um, Devon Ellis, Ellis didn't look didn't look great. But the big thing with the defensive line is they would get past their guy and they would run straight down the line, like trying to to beat the back. And then they would get pinned. They would get caught in the wash, and then the running back Brown just. Um, one move, and then he was up the field. So the defensive line played very undisciplined. Um, at times, they looked good, but very undisciplined mostly. And granted, you can't fault the, this defense. They gave up 10 points. They had three turnovers, or they forced three turnovers, 
and Illinois still had 20 more, 21 more plays than them. And on top of that, they were showing a jumbo set formation where it looked where there was one back and the quarterback. And that's it. So Bielman was basically forcing Penn State to insert another defensive lineman when they don't have a lot of defensive linemen to go around because three of them are either hurt or, or not playing for other reasons. And it's a chink in this. The Penn State defense is good. Very good linebackers, good secondary. But the defensive line being thin right now is a chink in the armor. And it made them pay when it counted. But I do not fault that defense at all. Um, they were great in the overtime, but just couldn't get it to work. Uh, Penn State's offense, though, is in trouble. I like Yurisich as a coach, but there needs to be a change in the next coming years with the offensive line. I'm not saying the offensive line coach. Um, I like their offensive line coach. I mean, he did really well at Boston College. I think that is a guy that can build something. But the main problem with Penn State is two things. The first thing is that they recruit well, but they don't recruit as well consistently as Ohio State and Bama and all those teams in Tier 1 because every year Penn State is a few injuries away from going from 10 wins to 7 wins. Like a few, a few injuries away. Defensive line looked good, but again, they were already thin. PJ Mustafer goes down, and now they look awful. Um, the offensive line doesn't have any injuries right now, but man, if they were to lose somebody right now, it'd be terrible. Sean Clifford goes down. Offense is terrible. Now, granted, you're, you know, again, your backup goes to Kentucky. Your third-string guy goes to Oklahoma. It, it's it's the problem that Penn State has, and I believe a lot of Tier 2 teams have. You know, your Tier 1 is your Alabama, your Oklahoma. Um, man, even Oklahoma teeters. But Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson, except for this year, their main – the main thing is Georgia also on that list that you have a couple guys hurt. Guess what? You have young, talented dudes to replace them. At Penn State, you have those really good first stringers and a couple good second stringers. But after that, you got nothing. There's a huge drop off. And because the really young guys that are good are going into Penn State and starting right away. And if you're good and you're sitting behind a guy at Penn State, you transfer. You go somewhere else to be the guy. Ohio State, Oklahoma, sorry, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Alabama, they don't have to worry about that. Because guess what? A guy's knowing, hey, I'm going to wait it out because I know I have a shot to win a national title here, and that's what I want to do. So they're staying. The second biggest thing Penn State has a problem with is their administration. They don't want to be a a football school. They're still trying to repair the reputation from the Sandusky scandal, where, again, everything that came out said that Penn State was a, 
you know, that's all they cared about was football. It's all school cared about was football, 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 football. So now they're trying to distance themselves from that. And they don't want to be a school that quote unquote, just worries about football. You know, guess who just worries about football, Ohio state, Alabama. What other sport is Alabama good in? They're, they're not Ohio state. I mean, they're a decent basketball program. Good wrestling. But still, what are they good in? Ohio State, what they do is they invest fully in their football program because they know all that money is going to go across everything else. And that's what happens at Penn State. But the problem is at Penn State, they're not paying. Now, they're paying James Franklin a fair amount of money, but they're not paying his assistants. I believe it was Josh Gaddis. Uh, had the same job as Michigan as he did at Penn State, and he's making a a million dollars more. How can that be? How can that be? How can you be making a million dollars more doing the same thing? At a program that's comparable, Michigan, Penn State are comparable programs. Florida, same thing. Penn State can't keep assistance because they're constantly going on to other places not because the program's better, but because pay's better. So it's tough. And until Penn State figures that out, that's what's going to happen. Clemson turned the corner when they started paying their assistant coaches. That's when Clemson turned the corner. Um, again, Penn State lost. It absolutely sucks. Um, I know the Fire Franklin people are very loud right now. And, yeah, he shares some of the blame. Of course he does. After a loss like that, didn't get the guys ready to play. I understand that, but you got to think yourself this. And if, if you're one of these people that wants to fire coaches, you, I want you guys to think about this. If this coach left tomorrow, would the program be better off in two to, in two years? And if the answer is no, then why are you getting rid of them? If the program's not going to be better getting rid of them, then why? You know, Coach O, I've been a defender of Coach O. I, you know, I still think he deserves one more year. But after thinking it over, after thinking about all the problems that have occurred, he won a national title two years ago. And I firmly believe if Coach O does leave LSU, that it's that LSU will be better tomorrow without him. I can't say the same for James Franklin, but again, see the Iowa game. I'm okay with the Iowa loss. You had a bit, of, a bit of an excuse with Clifford. Clifford's still not 100. percent It's all the people there say, "Well, Clifford's back now." No, <laughs> he is not back. He looks. He's. He does not look good right now. Um, but Illinois, that that that's just a bad loss. That's a bad loss. If you if you if you lost to Wisconsin at the beginning of the year, if you know you lost to even Auburn, you get it. But Indiana or sorry, uh, Illinois, that's just it's not good. And every every program has this at some point. They lose to a, a team that's truly inferior. But you got you gotta win. Someone in the stands told me. This you got to win your clunkers. A lot of time, hey, Oklahoma was losing to Kansas yesterday. Oklahoma pulled it out. Cincinnati almost lost to Navy. Um, uh, there's a, a million different examples of 
really good teams just getting by really bad teams. Um, this was Penn. That was one of this was the game, but Penn State didn't pull it out. Um, Illinois does play Rutgers next week, and uh, Rutgers is going to beat them. Rutgers is going to beat Illinois because Illinois threw everything in the kitchen sink at Penn State. Uh, I don't think that. I just think that Rutgers is going to have them pretty much figured out. Um, I think. I think Rutgers wins. Let's. So that's. Uh, this is going to go into winners and losers. I already talked about Penn State being – yeah, I already talked about that. Penn State's a, a giant loser this weekend. A giant loser this weekend. Uh, some other losers. NC State. Man, NC State. They were the front runner to win the ACC. Knocked off Clemson. But, man – they just let one slip against Miami and Miami is in turmoil. Like I let, I honestly thought Miami was left for dead and Manny Diaz might still get fired. Um, but the Wolfpack, man, I, I thought they were the clear cut team that was going to go away with the ACC, but I don't know. I don't know now. Um, Wake Forest is looking good. Um, Pitt is looking good. We're all getting the pit in a minute, but NC state, um, Big factor with NC State, third down conversions. They're three for 14. I think that's a giant factor. Um, Miami. Again, Miami has some talented dudes. So, looks like their offense came to play under Van Dyke. You know, good. He's getting his, a little bit of a rhythm. Um, I don't think Miami's back by any means, but, hey, they're, they're all right. Utah, over the past 10 years. College football fans can't seem to find the answer to this question. And the question is, how good is Utah? Sometimes the Utes look like they can potentially win the Pac-12. Other times, they look bad. Um, This offense is good. Kyle Winningham, though, man, he needs to turn that defense around. Uh, Special teams, they got a pump locked against Oregon State, which is a major momentum factor there. But even then... Uh, Utah took the lead, but then could not hang on to it at the end. So, again, how good is Utah? Honestly, I I don't know. I think they're solid, but again, you don't know which which Utah team is going to come like which is going to come to play today. Ah, let's talk about some winners this week. Let's talk about some winners. Oregon. Oregon. All the talk about injuries had some holes on defense. Uh, on they had a pick'em game actually with UCLA. Um, and they looked flawless. Forced three turnovers. Granted, they they also gave three away. Um, Debito man, wrecking machine. Uh, some team is going to talk themselves talk themselves out of drafting uh Kayvon Thibodeau. Someone's going to do it. The kid's a monster. I don't think he's Chase Young good, but no, he is so quick, so great. He's got, he's a great edge rusher. Great edge rusher. He, he's got, he's amazing. And right now, and I thought UCLA was going to be the team 
I honestly thought UCLA was going to like crawl their way back into it for the Pac-12. Mm-mm. It's Oregon. I know they're banged up with injuries, but I honestly think Oregon Oregon's going to be the team to beat. Iowa State, the Cyclones, knock off Oklahoma. Oh, sorry, Oklahoma State. And I'm telling you, Iowa State can still be the team to knock off Oklahoma. Think about it. They have one conference loss to Baylor. And listen, Baylor's good. The Baylor's good. Their other loss is to, it's out of conference to Iowa in a rivalry game. But Oklahoma State is starting to look like the team we thought they were going to be. Um, Matt Campbell, again, offense looks solid with Purdy. Um, Purdy's looking okay. This defense is looking all right. Um, Oklahoma State did play well-ish defense or sorry offensively with Sounders but man Iowa State can still challenge Oklahoma I still think they can do it um I still think Oklahoma's the clear favorite obviously but hey don't count out the cyclone all right now on to pit now on to pit For the past seven years, Pat Narduzzi has had Pitt on the cusp of being a good team. But he has failed to record a nine-win season in in the ACC, which, besides Clemson and a couple years in North Carolina, hasn't really been great. This is looking like Pitt has finally turned the corner. Even as they lost to Western Michigan, Pitt is looking like they can seriously make a New Year's Six Bowl. Clemson is an elite defense. Pitt put up uh, 27 on them. Oh, sorry, technically 21. Or sorry, 20 because the one was a uh, fumble return for a touchdown. Or sorry, interception return for a touchdown. Um, Kenny Pickett, man, he's moving up the Heisman ranks. Um, 25 for 39, 302 yards, two touchdowns. Pickett's been there forever. He is a Pitt guy. And it's it, it is nice seeing him finally – um, putting Pitt on the map. I don't know if they win the ACC, but right now it's looking like they could. I I honestly don't believe in Pat Narduzzi. I think Narduzzi is going to screw this up at some point. But Kenny Pickett, man, hats off to you. Have a year, my friend. Have a year. Um, some other things going on. Uh, this week was supposed to be like the, the down week of college football. And hey, um, it kind of was, but you know, so like I said, Cincinnati almost lost to um, Navy, Oklahoma almost lost to Kansas. Um, here, here's another thing I want to point out: Wisconsin has a legit shot to win the Big Ten West. I, I hope everyone knows that Wisconsin has a chance to win the Big Ten West. If they beat Iowa, they're in the the running here. Wisconsin, who everyone, everyone counted out. Unless, yes, that offense is not good. It is not good. But their defense just keeps them in games. It's, I'm telling you, Wisconsin can do it. 
Um, I do think Iowa beats them. Iowa, I think, just has a better offense that I think a couple things will leak. But it's going to be a showdown this weekend. It's going to be a showdown. Who's going to come out of the Big Ten West? Um, the East, uh, it's it's Ohio State. It's Ohio State. That offense at the beginning of the year struggled a little bit, but now they're solid all around. Stroud's looking great. Uh, they, I know Ohio State's a 16.5-point favorite over Penn State. Um, yeah, that's about right. It is. Uh, Penn State, if everyone was healthy – I think Ohio State would have been favored by like seven, but with a depleted defensive line, um, quarterback is 100%, offensive line's terrible. It's going to be a loss in Columbus. But I mean, weird things have happened. All right, next. People have been asking me about this, so we're going to do it. Um, I'm going to have my own top 10. Going to have my own top 10 here. So we're going to count this down. I'm going to give a top 10. I'm going to give you why they should be in uh, my top 10. And we'll see if you agree agree with me or not. Uh, 10, Kentucky. Hung with Georgia. Georgia um, pulled away at the end. Uh, Really good defense. Really good running team. Good special teams. Kentucky is solid. And they're going to go 11 and one. They are going to win out. They're going to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. I'm telling, telling you, I'm calling it right now. Weakness, though, for them, I'm sorry. Will Levis is a tough quarterback. He's not a true pocket passer. You force them to throw, it's, it's, it's going to be sketchy. But that is a solid team. Number nine, uh, Notre Dame. Have we forgotten? Yeah, they lost to Cincinnati. But listen, Cincinnati is a very good football team. They're a top four team. Right now, I think they're a playoff team. So, Notre Dame, number nine. Uh, eight, Iowa. Yeah, they lost to Purdue. Yeah, they were exposed against Penn State until their um, quarterback got hurt. But they still only have one loss. Iowa Hawkeyes, seven, undefeated Michigan. Uh, Michigan, I don't believe in their offense. I do think their defense is good. And you have to put them up there because they're undefeated. They're undefeated. They deserved it or they deserve it. Um, so until they lose, they're up there for me. Uh, next is Oregon. Big win against UCLA. Beat Ohio State in Columbus. Front runner to win the Pac-12. Easy. Oregon at six, even though they have some injuries. Uh, number five, um, Alabama. I'm sorry, they lost to Texas A&M. And I know Texas A&M isn't terrible, but they lost to A&M, who, although it's good, had a quarterback who was struggling. And don't give me that, that they blew out South Carolina this weekend. Don't give me that. South Carolina is not good. Um, Alabama at five. Number four, Cincinnati. They're undefeated. They're undefeated. They have a, they, I mean, their win against Indiana doesn't look that great. Um, they did beat Notre Dame. That's a solid win. But now Cincinnati has to get up for every single game. You know, it's easy to get up for Notre Dame. It's easy to get up for a power five opponent. But now you're going to have to get up every – you cannot let the, the navies of the world uh, be in games with you. Uh, number three, Ohio State. This team – this I almost put Ohio State at two, um, but they do have a, uh, they do have a loss. Um, yeah, Ohio State looks like – they look like a well-oiled machine. 
Indiana's defense is good. Their offense is terrible. I mean, but they put up 56, man, 56. I don't care how bad your offense is, like not giving you um, good field position. But still, Ohio, uh, Ohio State is looking really good right now. Uh, Oklahoma, number two, Caleb Williams looks great. Yeah, can't the whole Kansas thing. But again, you got to win your clunkers, and that was a clunker. And, hey, they won. They look like a brand-new team. Number one's Georgia. Georgia just looks far and away the best team. They look really good on defense, scary good on defense. Offense is looking all right. Um, I think their offense isn't as good, but hey, JT Daniels or Stenson doesn't matter, man. This this is good. So here's my top 10. Uh, Kentucky at number 10, number nine, Notre Dame, eight, Iowa, seven, Michigan, six, Oregon, five, Alabama. Four, Cincinnati, three, Ohio State, two, Oklahoma, and number one, the Georgia Bulldogs. All right, now we're going to go into our playoff this week. This week's playoff is brought to you by Odds Crowd. Odds Crowd has fantasy betting and leagues that include over $30,000 in cash prizes when you bet on NFL and college football. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you place fantasy bets, not actual money, against real odds and lines. The most profitable bettors rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crown isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download. And you can group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free. And when you're there, put in referral code BRAND13. That's B-R-A-N. One, three, that'll tell them that I sent you. This week's list. We've been hearing it talked about for a while of when different coaches are in the coaching carousel and things are going on. What are the best coaching jobs in the country? So the playoff this week is best coaching jobs in college football so here we go um first uh a few honorable mentions that i know i'm probably gonna get flack for because they're not included in my top four um honorable mentions uh georgia recruiting hotbed in georgia great um really great program really it's it's a shame because georgia and also lsu is in this boat, which I think LSU is a great um, one of the great jobs in college football as well. And I'll put Georgia and LSU kind of together for this, that both great, both great fan bases, both have an administration that will give them anything they want, but are second fiddle to Alabama. That's, that's their main problem. That's the hump they need to get over. Um, But other than that, I think they're great jobs. Both of them great jobs, two of the best jobs in the country. Uh, my other honorable mention, Texas. Even though Texas has taken a step back, it's still Texas. You have, and this is what I don't understand, and I think Sarkeesian might be the the, uh, the guy here, but you have everything. If you're Texas, you have everything. You have, you control the entire state. Uh, and don't give me that, well, TCU and Texas Tech and Baylor. No, you're Texas. You can get any kid from Texas pretty much. Not only that, but 
your alumni base and you're a big enough brand that you can go to Florida, you can go to California, you can go to these places and get kids. Texas is a one of the best jobs in the country. And Austin's a cool place to live. Who like it'd be an awesome place to live. It's a good job. It's a good place to raise a family. And also, recruiting-wise, it's a good place to recruit. You have stuff going on. You want to go to Sanford or um, Athens, Georgia? You want to go to Bat- eh, Baton Rouge is kind of cool. But, I mean, for me, it's cool. But for, like, high school kids, I don't know. I think Austin, Baton Rouge, just in our honorable mentions here. Austin, Baton Rouge, Athens, Georgia. Which city would you want to live in? I want to live in Austin. All right, those are my honorable mentions. Four, USC. Um, California is, is loaded with high school recruits. You have some of the best JUCOs in California. On top of that, your USC. The campus sells itself. It's never going to be cold. You can recruit any anything you want there to go to the USC. And I think that's the frustration with Helton was, was that just didn't work. Just didn't work out. USC is one of the best jobs. And when you're rolling, when USC's rolling, who's your big competition? Oregon? Yeah, Oregon's good. I mean, Washington? Is Washington consistently good enough? No. Who else? You're the big dog there. If USC's good, if you can get USC winning, you are the big dog in the Pac-12. It's it's a great it's a great place to be. Only thing, the only con with USC is that the fan base. Um, when they're good, people are going to show up. But if you're Eight wins when you're building of eight wins, nine wins. It's not it, you're gonna lose. Uh, it, it's not gonna have that same atmosphere. You know, people talk about James Franklin going to USC. What James and people saying? Well, look at what James Franklin has. All these fans, like it's one of the best atmospheres in football. Yeah, that's true, and that's great to have, and that's good to use as a recruiting tool. But guess what? You still need an administration that's gonna back you and it's gonna pay your assistance and give you things you want as a program in this college football arms race, USC will do that. USC will do that. So I got USC as the fourth best job. Uh, Three, Oklahoma. This has a lot to do with just how the program is right now. Um, I mean, it looks like quarterback factory. Quarterback is the most important. Obviously it's the most important um, position on the field. And Oklahoma just is just like a quarterback you right now. So you get a great quarterback that can take away some of your other deficiencies, take away receiver deficiencies. It can take away running back deficiencies because if you're a guy, if, if you're a quarter, if you're quarterback, if you're afraid of that quarterback um, taking off and running or, um, and I know I'm getting more technical than just program wise, but um if you're worried about a quarterback running or his ability to throw, you're not going to stack the box. It's going to open some things up. And sometimes a best defense, the best defense is a good offense. So 
Uh, Oklahoma right now, I, I think it's just one of those great jobs. And the Big 12 has been down. Big 12 has been down. Um, now they are going to go to USC, so we'll see how ha- what happens there. But with that, I think that opens up the hotbed that is the southeast part of this country. So Oklahoma might be okay. Number two, Ohio State. It is an absolute – Ohio State is a football factory. Um, they've had one losing season, I believe, in 20 years. That's pretty good. And and granted, their losing season may have been six and seven, but the years that they're not is – or sorry, the years that they're good, they, they are an automatic 10-win team every single year. Ohio State will win 10 games every single year because they're a football factory. They have people in that administration running it like a football factory. It's going to be easy. You have players that are taking online courses for the most part. Easy to recruit when you're saying, hey, guess what? You don't have to go to a single classroom. You can do everything from home. Easy when you're a football player. It sucks walking across campus, taking a bus to to, to campus to uh, to go to class. It takes a lot out of you. It honestly does. You think, oh, it's just walking. No, it sucks. Ohio State, I mean, they got everything. Like, Whatever Ryan Day, Urban Meyer, Jim Trestle, whatever they want, they get. And you're the big dog in the Big Ten. Penn State isn't there yet. Michigan sure as hell ain't there yet. You're the big dog in that conference. Ohio State is a great job. It's a great job. Again, not to bring it back to Penn State, but here's a good example. Penn State fans that want Franklin gone want Luke Fickle. Guess what? Penn State go or Luke Fickle goes to Penn State and then Ryan Day goes to the NFL. Guess who's going to Ohio State? Luke Fickle. It's if he's gonna take it. Ohio State, one of the best jobs in the country. This and here's the number one: Alabama. Alabama had a time where you didn't, I didn't think they were gonna be that good. Uh, in the early 2000s, right when Saban got there uh, and a little before that. Saban has put them on the map again. Again, I got the question last week. uh, When does the Alabama dynasty die? When Nick Saban retires? I don't think that happens anytime soon. Alabama is Alabama. You ask any casual fan. You ask, actually, you don't even have to ask football fans. Just ask people, who's the best team in the country? They'll probably say Alabama, even if they're not. Alabama is the best job in the country. Easily. Great alum, again, great alumni, great fans. Um, again, they are having the opposite issue with fans coming to the stadium, uh, the opposite of USC, as to if it's not a big game, some of the fans and students are showing up because <laughs> do I really want to see Alabama beat Mississippi State by five touchdowns? The, eh, no. We can get drunk in the, in the tailgate a little more. Still. Um, Alabama is the best job in the country. Uh, so here we go. Uh, my top four of the playoff. Um, and again, guys, we will put this on Instagram. We will put this on Twitter. Uh, follow us at uh, the GB Coach on Twitter and Get Back Coach on Instagram. And I want to know uh, they'll be in the playoffs. So it'll be USC versus Alabama, Oklahoma versus Ohio State. Who? What is the best coaching job in? the country. 
and this will come out on Wednesday. So make sure you guys vote. Make sure you tag a friend, send it to a friend, and say, hey, check out the Get Back Coach. So uh, finally, our playoff is number uh, for the best coaching jobs in the country. Number four, USC. Number three, Oklahoma. Number two, Ohio State. And number one, Alabama. And with that, I would like to say thank you all for tuning in and have a good week.